You're listening to Warriors in the Dust, the official Fink Desert Race podcast. So listen up now. It's race week, everyone. Finally, the big event has arrived. As we record this, the Fink Desert Race will be getting underway in just hours. Kicking off with scrutineering Friday night, prologue day Saturday, and then racing to Fink on Sunday, back again on Monday. The final few weeks have brought great upheaval for Victorians planning to attend or compete in the race. With that state's lockdown and subsequent restrictions enforced by the Northern Territory ruling most out. It's been a fluid situation though and the withdrawal of the NT restrictions for regional Victorians has meant a mad dash for some in the hope they'd make it to Alice Springs in time for the race. In this extended episode of Warriors in the Dust, the last before the race, we speak with one Victorian who won't be racing. We met him earlier in the year in episode three. He's a five-time winner and would have been one of the leading chances in the cars, Mark Burrows. We had all the car, everything prepped, all loaded. Everything was organised and then, uh, well, less than a week ago we found out we weren't going to be able to make it, so extremely disappointing. We also speak with one of the top chances in the bike section, a local Alice Springs rider. So local, he grew up riding on the Fink track, as it happens to run through his family's cattle station. Long days spent in the saddle, right across terrain um, after cattle, and so... Uh, you know, from a young age, I was sort of having to interpret things at high speed. We speak with Luke Hayes, who has ridden for the KTM racing team in the past, but is keen to show the big boys that a privateer can still win the Fink. All that on Warriors in the Dust Race Week. Well, the excitement is building in Alice Springs. It's race week for the Fink Desert Race, but as some eagerly embrace the build-up, others are sitting at home thinking about what could have been. One of them is Mark Burrows, five-time king of the desert in the cars, a man who puts his heart and soul into off-road racing, and in particular, the Fink. But he's among the uh, swathe of Victorians who can't get into the Northern Territory for the race due to COVID-19 lockdowns and restrictions. So Mark kindly joins us now. And Mark, you must be gutted. Well, we are. That's uh, that's certainly one way to put it. Like we had all the car, everything prepped, all loaded. Everything was organised. And then, uh, well, less than a week ago, we found out we weren't going to be able to make it. So extremely disappointing. But anyway, the race goes on and um, hopefully uh, you know, everyone has a great run up. I've been talking to a few of the guys that have been pre-running to the last few days and today and they said the track's in fantastic condition and uh, it looks like it's shaping up to be a real big one. You really wanted to hear that, didn't you, I guess? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, that's right. But, but there's nothing we can do about it now. So uh, so we'll be uh, keeping our eye on uh, on proceedings and the times and 
whatever else we can keep our eye on up there to see see how everyone's going so uh hopefully mm. it'll be a great great it's a great thing for Alice Springs and it you know it needs to go ahead and uh it's good to see that it's going to and the wire that tripped you up, if I could put it that way, is that you, you're in regional Victoria and you could have left the state, but uh, the NT said you'd have to go into quarantine for a couple of weeks. Is that right? That's right. Yes. So, so we would have we we could have still went, but we wouldn't have got out of quarantine until the cars were going across the finish line. So we thought, well, there's not much point in that. Mm. So, uh, so we um, yeah, we'll just uh, shelve it for this year and. Uh, Hopefully next year, which I know we said that last year, but anyway, like hopefully everything is you know going to be better for next year, and uh, yeah, we'll get back up there and uh, have another shot at it. And how had your preparations gone? Were you feeling good? We were. Yeah, we'd done a lot to the car, and we'd really got it working extremely well. I know it's easy to say now, but but yeah, the, we the last race we went to, we'd done a lot of suspension work and that on the car, and we were really pleased with how it was all working. So. Uh, yeah, so we, we had a good package, we thought, and um, yeah, so but we don't get to try it out at Alice this year. Terribly disappointing that you can't participate, but um, who are some of the names that uh, might be amongst it, do you think? Uh, obviously, one of the, the biggest is Toby Price. He's, uh, uh, there's been a lot of publicity about a new truck, and uh, among uh, do you think he's a, a strong chance in any others that you'd know? Yes, oh, well, he certainly will be. Toby's uh, he certainly gives it everything. You know, he doesn't leave anything, uh, any nothing, leaves nothing on the table. So uh, he'll be certainly one of the front runners at Bo Robinson. There's a lot of trucks that that'll be right up there amongst it. Um, Greg Gartner and Bo Robinson and guys like that. Uh, Brad Gallard, all past winners, or oh, except for for Bo, which he's been that close that many times. He's he's got to break through sooner or later. Um, and Hayden Bentley in the new all-wheel drive truck, that'll be very interesting to see how he goes. So uh, should be extremely fast. And then in the buggies, oh, yeah, I think Josh Howells is going to be really hard to beat. The, the way they, uh, they're talking at the moment, the track is pretty fast. Like a lot of the real rough stuff had been knocked off a little bit, broke graded off, so, uh, which will suit the buggies more than the trucks probably. So, um, so Josh Howells, Talbot Cox, um, Michael Marson, a few of them, they they'll be really quick too. So, but it's so open this year. Like, there's there's probably 15 people that could really win it. You know, if they have a good run. Yeah, we spoke to Josh Howells in the episode seven of the podcast, and uh, uh, seemed like a terribly nice, modest guy, and uh, just going about his business quietly, and uh, doesn't tend to make a lot of fuss. It was my impression. No, he doesn't, and and he's a reminder a lot of uh, a, a younger Shannon Wrench, doesn't he? So uh, <laughs> the same attitude and about as fast as him too. So uh, he he's a great driver, and and his family are really good at the preparation and thing. They they've really got a good little team together there, and uh, I th- I think he'll uh, he'll be really good. He, he had a really good run last year, was really fast. So and then he won the first round of the championship this year in Queensland comfortably. So. Uh, I think you know, with the rid of reliability on his side, he'll be he'll be one of the front runners. I should imagine. Shannon Wrench, six-time winner, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, and um, yeah. he won't be going either. No, Shannon. Uh, Shannon. Well, he's also from Victoria, but he was struggling to get the card back together anyway. I think, but uh, but yeah, so he won't be there either. So it's fairly disappointing. And um, uh, 
there's, well, there's quite a few that, that can't make it up from Victoria now. So Matt Hansen was another one. So he's was certainly going to be a front runner. I would have would have thought. And uh, and Glennie Owen, um, he's also staying at home. So uh, there's a few missing, but there's a lot of good cars there too. So uh, so it won't take anything from the race. I, I don't think so. Uh, it'll be it'll be a good weekend. Obviously disappointed. Uh, so this is the second year in a row you've probably put a lot of work in uh, for it to count to nothing as far as the Fink goes, at least. Um, what about next year? Does it dent your enthusiasm or you just pick up and keep going? No, I, th- I think we'll be as keen as ever for next year. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just dying to get back there. It's, you know, very disappointing to miss in three years. Like with this, I think we've done 24 Finks or something like that, 23, so. And uh, we've had this will open. Well, this will be our third one we've missed in that time. So um, yeah, very disappointing. But uh, that's just one of those things. And yeah, come back bigger and stronger next year. We hope. And apart from the racing, it's a, a big uh, social event for you. Will you. I guess you'll miss that side of it. Certainly will. Yes, because because we usually have the week travelling up before the event. You know, a bit of camping along the way in the in the NT and South Australia and that and. You travel with mates and then then you're with your mates all the time you're up there and uh yeah going out they doing the the restaurants and that around Alice Springs so uh yeah no we have a great time up there so really miss that you know extremely you know a lot so uh, yeah yeah so I, I guess you've got your cohort with the uh off-road racing side of it which is the cars buggies trophy trucks but um <clears throat> Excuse me, you'd meet a lot of other people at Fink, like uh, the bikes, etc. would bring in a lot of other people that you wouldn't normally hear for the, see for the rest of the year. Is that right? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so like we, we uh, Alice Springs is like our, our second home now, really. So like we, we know a heap of people up there and, and I've got to know a lot of the bike guys, you know, especially when, when we uh, race early in the early years when the bikes and the cars were battling you know, each other for the outright. Um, so yeah, so Ricky Hall and Steve Greenfield and and all these guys, we got to get uh, get to know them very well, and uh, they've become great mates. So uh, yeah, so we'll miss miss all that for sure. So uh, but we'll be back there next year. Yeah, fantastic. Hope yeah. hope uh, this is the last sort of us um, influence COVID has over us for a long time, and uh, we hope you're back there next year and pushing up at the pointy end and. Uh, best of luck and i really appreciate your time i know you must be really disappointed about it yes now it is that's yeah that's for sure but anyway we'll be uh we'll, we'll keep keeping contact with as many of them up there as we can over the weekend and uh hopefully we'll be able to watch watch the live streams and stuff like that timing and all that and uh it'll it'll uh, it'll be very interesting you don't sort of escape and uh do something completely different you you'll be still sort of glued to results yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, so it's, it's always uh, great to watch it and see see them moving up and down and you know through the field. So uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, even if you're not there, you know, it can still be pretty interesting. So uh, yeah, so it'll be good. Good on you, Mark. Really appreciate uh, it. Thanks for your time. All right, thank you. He's already finished on the podium once at the Fink Desert Race, the third in 2017, the year the feature documentary Fink There and Back was filmed, featured prominently in that. His name is Luke Hayes. He's a local. He's one of the big chances in the race for the King of the Desert. And he's with us now. G'day, Luke. How are you going? 
I'm good, thanks, Murray. How's yourself? Yeah, good, mate. And uh, you finished uh, sixth, I think it was, in 2016, third in 2017. You're right up there. What can you do this year to just meet the flag first? Um, just a different approach for me this year. Uh, obviously, I think the biggest change in approach is just that, you know, the, the COVID thing and um, everyone missing a year, it's been a real reset. Um, I think it's kind of shaken things up, you know, sort of perhaps slowed the momentum of some guys and um, newcomers found a lot of momentum this year. So I've really just tried to uh, slot myself in with a lot of the guys that are, you know, having a good crack, um, you know, not not uh, afraid to kind of rub shoulders with guys who are, are my competition. Um, you know, I enjoy sort of getting out there in the mix with them. And, um, yeah, we've just done a lot of um, prep to, you know, on the bike and um, just to suss the track out. Um, you know, I believe that this year is probably the fastest the track's been since the introduction of um, fuel-injected bikes about 15 years ago. So, got a bit of a new persona about it this year and I think it sort of plays into my wheelhouse a little bit you know which is good so so nothing drastically different honestly it's just more or less taking a lot of what I've learned over the last few years and refining that and just honing in all the fine details so your mindset Luke is so much different now you sound really confident and you're really clear thinking so is that from having a break I think so I think that, um, you know, I, I took a bit of time away. In 2019, I um, spectated. I came up and watched my good friend David Walsh um, take the crown. And to be honest, I sort of watched that and I, you know, just really sort of cemented to me how much it means to me to keep having a crack at this and, um, you know, how much I really wanted to be out there instead of on the sidelines. And so, yeah, I don't know, just, you know, the last few years have certainly, you know, had its fair share of, um, you know, sort of tumultuous circumstances and stuff, just as far as personal life and family and stuff have moved away and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I think it's just a, a an accumulation of things, a um, bit of maturity, a bit of, you know, I guess time away to, to really sort of reflect and look at what I, what I want. And, um, yeah, I've sort of decided to get after it this year. That's good stuff, mate. Luke? When you're a young bloke, uh, Rick and I have vague recollections of what that's like. You're, you're growing up, you're, you're growing into yourself, you're working out careers and, um, you know, maybe a love life and things like that. Is it also tough to try and, uh, is it also tough to try and work in a, a pretty uh, highly committed sport that, that also has a, an element of danger to it? Is it, Difficult to combine all that, or, or has that has the sport been a kind of an escape from uh, worldly troubles, if I could put it that way? Don't get me wrong. Um, this sport is very demanding. You know the, the choices that we make and um, the commitment that's required to kind of uh, have a crack at the level that we are. Um, it, it requires a lot from us, but it certainly has been an escape for me. Um, it's certainly something that you know, keeps me striving for goals. And um, I, I honestly think that, you know, a lot of the, the learnings and what desert racing teaches us is actually applicable more broadly in life. Um, I think that it instills a good work ethic. It instills the desire to continue and to look beyond failure and um, to sort of keep getting after success despite adversity. So, you know, I, I kind of look at it, um, I don't look at this as being separate from, like real life this is all just a part of what my life is but yeah it's definitely you know it's demanding 
you know, as for some, a bloke like me, um, you know, I don't have any manufacturer support. I'm certainly not getting paid to do this. I'm, um, in fact, <laughs> spending uh, probably far too much of my own income. But, mate, you know, it's um, like it's all it's all part of it. And, yeah, you know, I, I really enjoy it. And, you know, the, I do get a kick out of being a normal guy and trying to rub shoulders with the likes of, you know, some of the greatest guys in the sport. So, you know, it's it's all it's all good. Um, and yeah, just looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Just listening to Luke speak, it's really great because uh, Luke's dad, Billy, and I were great mates and we raced together and we had some great times. And I've known Luke since he was very young and used to watch him go around on his Z50 down there at Deep Well where he grew up. And uh, and just listening to him talk now and how focused he is, is really, it's real gold. So I'm really enjoying this. So you keep the questions rolling. And I will just ask Luke that um, I know that he'd be missing his dad and uh, how much it would mean for his dad if he got up on the weekend. Yeah, you know, um, I certainly miss him a lot. And, you know, that's been part of the difficulties from the last few years, but also a big part of my motivation as well. Um you know, in 2016, when I came sixth, um, you know, that was about a month before he passed away. And um, that was a real success for us. That was sort of me and him versus the world. And um, we, you know, we were, you know, fairly successful. I was the first privateer across the line that year. And that more or less opened the door for me to, uh, you know, get a ride with KDM the following year and um, essentially was the conduit to my success in 2017 um, to get on the box and more or less led me to here now um, you know we, we had a lot of big plans and you know there were lots of things that we discussed about the future and you know while he's not here sort of with me to sort of I guess rip into me or or console me depending on what I need at the time but um, you know he's, he's certainly with me in spirit and I, I feel him with me a lot so you know um, I don't know a, a lot of what I do out here, I do with him in mind. And, um, and I think, uh, you know, I just would like to be able to, I guess, do credit to what we spent years striving for. So, yeah, I really just want to be able to um, bring it home uh, in his name and just, um, yeah, do proud to all the people that have, you know, maybe uh, sort of seen what I had in myself for a long time and sort of taken, taken a while to <laughs> extract it out of me. <laughs> Now, good on you, Luke, and uh, full credit to you for achieving what you have given the circumstances, and I'm sure your dad would be very proud of what you've already achieved. Growing up on a station along the track, um, what was that like? And uh, just touch a little bit for those uh, listening who don't know what station life was like and how maybe that helped with helped you with your riding. Sure. So I grew up just a scruffy station kid on Deepwell Station, which is where, you know, quite a large portion of the track runs through. And as a young kid, dad was still competing. And, you know, I've got fond memories of him going for jogs down to the sort of what was called Bull Gate, which is sort of maybe three or four K from the homestead. And I'd be pottering along behind him on my Z50, cracking the whip and um, making sure he was getting stuck into it. So I think has been a very pivotal part of my life for more or less as long as I can remember. Before I rode bikes, I was mad keen on it. As soon as I started riding bikes, I got even madder keen on it. And it was something that I always aspired to. I always looked up to guys like Sir Rick, um, Stephen Greenfield, Randall Gregory, my dad, you know, and then obviously in the later years with the some of the manufacturer back professional talents of Ben Grabham, Toby Price, um, the likes of those guys. So always been a fairly pivotal part of my life. But yeah, growing up on the station, um, 
you know, while it's not the very sort of conventional style of, you know, dirt bike riding, I, I genuinely believe that long days spent in the saddle right across terrain um, after cattle that's totally unfamiliar. And so, uh, you know, from a young age, I was sort of having to interpret things at high speed and just spending, you know, 12 hours sitting on a motorcycle. Um, so, you know, I think that while it's not the conventional way to, um, you know, get the skill set required, I do think it was actually better foundation blocks and what some may give credit. But, um, yeah, you know, I just I used to ride bikes after school almost every day and, you know, it was just a, a, a lifestyle and a childhood I wouldn't trade for anything. And, Rick, the, the Hayes family, a very famous family in Central Australia. Yes, mate, yeah, they, they are and definitely are just a – just a great family and I, I know old Bill had always had horses at his heart and I think Billy took over with the motorbike so uh, and that's then passed on to Luke so it's a, a great tradition really and uh, one thing I will note that uh, I've had Ben Grabham staying with me for the past two weeks and and when he first got here he started changing tires I said Ben you're changing a lot of tires he said he said, Luke Hayes has got his head screwed on right and he's um, doing all the right things, so I want to give him a hand. So I was just going to ask Luke how great it, ha- it is to have someone like Ben Brabham that believes in you, that uh, gives you so much guidance. In all seriousness, I'm still quite gobsmacked that the way that um, Grabo is kind of more or less welcoming me with open arms and lots of support. Um, he's a guy that I idolised as a kid. And to have a guy that I looked up to so much sort of more or less come on board with what I'm doing and doesn't owe me anything. So, you know, for for a guy of his sort of caliber and a guy of his, you know, his prestige to be involved in what I've got going on um, because he thinks that perhaps time investment will spend or something. And I I just feel very humbled by that. The guy is a wealth of knowledge and, you know, just to, to, to see Grabo, you know, um, getting his hands dirty, helping me change tires, me of all people, honestly, it's, um, yeah, it's been very humbling and something that I'm um, very appreciative of. Uh, I'm not sure I'll ever be able to repay back the favor. Um, so no, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Just really try to be as much a sponge as possible, uh, in his presence. He sort of drops little gems of wisdom everywhere he goes. And, um, you know, I try to pick up as many as I can. Of course, we spoke to Ben Grabham in episode five, a four-time winner of the Fink Desert Race, Rick, and uh, certainly knows a little bit about winning the Fink. Luke, I was just wanted to ask you, uh, the uh, Victorians have, have have had to pull out given uh, COVID restrictions, not only in Victoria but in the Northern Territory as well. Has that um, impacted uh, who might be uh, chasing you for the win? I don't believe so. Um, I, I am genuinely, uh, you know, feel really sorry for the guys that have been caught up in that. Me here locally, um, you know, spending this much time and money and effort to get here. Um, I know that there are guys from interstate that have had to, in some aspects, outlay sort of some massive sacrifices just in travel and all that sort of stuff, only to be cut off so close to the event. So genuinely feel for anyone who's been affected by that. But in saying that, I think the majority of the key players from Vic have still somehow managed to secure a spot up here. I'm not sure sort of how it all came about. As soon as they ended up being on, they hit the road um, before, you know, the uh, the lockdown was initiated. So guys like Jack Simpson, Callum Norton, um, they're both here racing. Nick and Brody Waters, uh, I'm not so sure. I, I think one of them may be here. Um, they're some pretty handy guys as well. So 
a lot of the main guys from Vic are, are still going to be here. So, you know, I, I'm actually pumped on that. Um, you know, you know, everyone's put in a lot of effort to be here. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to everyone being able to line up and, you know, have a crack and there not kind of be any what ifs or woulda, shoulda, couldas. It's, you know, going to be how it is. And just before I let uh, Rick ask another one, David Walsh, have you seen him going up and down the track? How's he looking? Absolutely. Oh, Walsh is the man to beat. It's as simple as that. His pedigree speaks for itself. The guy has got, you know, more podiums than, you know, than almost anyone, you know, and he's obviously the reigning champion this year and he's a freak on a dirt bike. So we're good mates. Um, we we're actually having a laugh about it the other day. You know, we, we are good mates and, and I feel like um, being a fellow local, having a crack at it, you know, we kind of give each other a bit of grace with a few things and sort of try and stay in each other's corner. There's no point in ha- uh, having any an- animosity. Um, we get along really well, but um, he wants to beat me and um, I'd certainly like to give him a nudge if I can. So, you know, easier than done. Um, he's uh He's a very talented guy. So, you know, he's, he's looking fast. Um, I have had a bit of time down the track with him. He's, he's, he's looking sharp, like always. He's got a lot of experience. He's been in the mix for a long time now. I think he's got a point to prove. I think he wants to retain on one plate. I think now that he's sort of found, you know, savoured the flavour, I, I don't think he really wants to uh, offload it so easy. So, no, it's certainly going to be a challenge. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's in the mix for sure. Just quickly, Murray, I must ask, Luke, how old are you now? I was trying to guess the other the other night. Are you 27? 26. 26. Yeah, uh, he's nearly the perfect age for winning a thing. So let's see. Let's see if that proves a theory. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I wouldn't mind uh, just finishing up, Luke. You, you're from Deepwell Station, as we mentioned, which is along the track. I think there's also Marysville. Maryvale. 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 What advice can you give to uh, spectators, especially camping down the track each year? There's a, a few rules to observe, I guess. Um, what would you like to say to anybody venturing down the track? Yeah, so this is something that comes up year in, year out. And um, I had a, a conversation the other day uh, it was, um, with Kyle, Kyle Fitzner. Um, he's, a, he's a dark horse guy, a very fast rider, um, and he's been – in the car, um, nabbing with Toby Price, uh, and just you know, a lot of guys that you speak to, even myself. But the, the long and short of it is, is um, please just be mindful um, of where you're standing and kind of uh, what sort of behaviour you're engaging in um, during the race. Um, you know, I'm constantly blown away at how people sort of seem to think it's a good idea to stand in certain places. It just defy all logic and reason. You go to any other national or world-class motorsports event and you're not allowed to be within a certain distance of the track and there are barricades and fences and security and all sorts and you know out there it's just the wide open desert and we're sort of really uh, relying on people's sort of goodwill to keep us all safe so yeah the big thing for spectators is just um you know you, you can enjoy the tr- the race without standing on the windrow of the track or standing on the outside of corners you wouldn't set up your deck chair at the end of conrod straight and bathurst you wouldn't set up your deck chair on the side of a, a speedway event you know you wouldn't set up your deck chair right alongside of a moto gp event and you know we're all moving really fast and um it might look pretty but i guarantee it's a pretty fine line that we're trying to ride so things can come unstuck and you know the, the last thing that anyone needs is for uh you know, an innocent bystander to kind of get caught up in, in all that chaos. So, yeah, number one for spectators, just please just give the track a bit of berth. I was only pre-running two or three days ago, um, just going for a light ride, and I come over a sand dune, and there's a guy in the middle of the track with stubby in hand, 
stumbling across the track and I'm like, come on, come on, mate. Like, anyway, so, you know, not sort of pointing the fingers at any single individuals or anyone in particular, but just, yeah, please. I've had several close calls over the years and, yeah, would hate to sort of have uh, something that has nothing to do with anything be a factor that brings someone unstuck, you know. And it just takes one bad event or bad incident to threaten this great event and we don't want to see that. And just uh, about caring for the land as well, perhaps. Um, there's the stations and also the Aboriginal community of Fink or Apatula as well. Um, take your rubbish home, that kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah. So um, obviously growing up at Deep Well, when Dad, you know, Dad, uh, as owner of the place, you know, it was just a constant uphill battle to basically mitigate people's stupidity and carelessness and uh, a lot of that was around the, the rubbish that they leave and the destruction you know I, th- I think um you know people kind of see these big open plains and stuff that we've got out there and no real fence lines for miles and miles and miles and they almost just think it's no man's land but that's um it's very incorrect it, it all does belong to somebody um that's someone's livelihood and so um, you know, the spectators are very fortunate that private landowners are willing to, uh, you know, let people nest out there for days and days on end and often bringing toys and tearing the place up. So please, you know, just um, take your crap home, you know, it doesn't belong out there. And, um, you know, you, you really are treading on someone's turf. You know, I, I highly doubt that uh, anyone who's out there camping would uh, enjoy it if someone arrived on their doorstep or in their business and decided to have a three-day bender and then leave a heap of cans everywhere. So. You know, it's just, um, you know, a bit of respect goes a long way. I've just been enjoying listening to Luke, to be honest, mate, and I'm confident that he'll do himself proud and he'll have a great run and he's, he has a really good mindset. So I've just been basically sitting back listening to him in this interview and listening to you ask the questions, Murray. So, so it's been really enjoyable and I thank him for it. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Likewise, Luke. It's been fantastic having you on. Uh, you're a young fellow in your prime uh, Ready to uh, really have a, a good crack at the race. You're a local. You've uh, you don't have the factory support that other riders do. You don't get the professional time on the bike. So it would be really great to see you on the top of the podium. And uh, if it can't be that, then certainly pretty high up there as well. So we appreciate your time. No doubt you're busy. Your mind is on the race. So we appreciate you taking a bit of time aside, putting a bit of time aside to talk to us. Awesome, Marina. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Rick, great hearing from Luke Hayes there. A young fellow with uh, a good head on his shoulders, it seems. Some really good um, thoughts um, he was expressing there. Yeah, mate. It just as I mentioned through the interview, I was good friends with his dad and we were teammates. We did a lot of riding together and it just I. I felt felt proud for his dad. Basically, just listening to him talk, it was really cool. It was uh, it was making me well up, to be honest. But uh, anyway, uh, I really hope he does really well and just gets down and gets back. and And that that'll be a big step for him to finish on the podium somewhere. Now uh, we'll just ha- take a quick look at the main chances. It's a it's a bit hard on a podcast when people might listen at any stage and. Uh, with uh, <laughs> with uh, competitors and uh, conditions and all that sort of thing changing by the day. Well, let's start. Luke Hayes basically said David, well, he did say David Walsh, the reigning champion from 2019. Of course, there wasn't a race last year due to COVID. Uh, is the man to beat. Would you agree with that? Uh, wholeheartedly, mate. And I think I've said this many times this week that uh, 
he's the man to beat. And uh, it is a fast race, so the only thing that might catch him out is if he had a slightly slower bike or if he had mechanical failure. And I hope hope nobody has uh, mechanical failure, but that'll be the the thing that'll let him down. And it's Fink, and anything can happen. So it t- just takes the bloke in the front to have a, have a few dramas, then it's wide open. So. As we've just chatted to Luke, he could be sitting in second and all of a sudden he inherits a lead. But uh, he's also going to hold off other blokes like Bo Ralston and Jack Simpson and Callum Norton. And a lot of people this week haven't spoken about the Smith brothers, Todd and Jacob, and they're immensely competitive and highly experienced and they'll be right up there. On Husqvarna's, has a Husqvarna ever won it? I don't think so, mate. I I think they've podium, but I don't think they've won outright. And so, yes, it'll, it'll just be an interesting year. But basically, uh, Husqvarna now is a KTM in white clothing. So that's mm-hmm. really interesting as well. So um, they, they just basically have just about identical engines with a few slight variants. But, yes, it, it, um, all the bikes are pretty even now. So, uh, so it'll come down to rider talent and, uh, for wanting of a better word, the the bloke with the the bigger balls to hold it on, I guess. <laughs> okay. And maybe luck. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> excuse me. Um, uh, maybe Pro- luck. <laughs> Do- Toby Price. You have to be, you have to be, sorry, Murray, you have to be a bit luckier than if you go riding with Rick Horn in the desert and he leaves you behind. <laughs> yeah, I know, so, I know someone that happened to. Uh, <laughs> uh, I still see those flies flying around my head when I close my eyes. Uh, <laughs> um, He'll be back soon. He'll be back soon. Yeah, Toby Price uh, didn't have a, have luck in the, Dakar, I think it was. He's still injured from, but he, he will be driving a trophy truck. The six-time winner on the bike won't be riding, but uh, four-time winner Ben Grabham is in the race. He's riding a Sherco 300. How's the Sherco go, Rick? I think you rode one one year, didn't you? Yeah, I rode one in 19. Unfortunately, I wrote, woke up very unwell the day of the race, and uh, and I was about to, to call it and say, look, I won't be uh, – be riding but my wife who's a registered nurse by trade and my daughter who's now a paramedic basically told me that I was too soft (laughs) and so I had a crack on the Sherco and uh, still kind of regret it because it's the worst ever result I got but I mean it was my 20th and I got it finished but that's all I really got out of that event but yes where were we the Sherco with Ben Graben amazing amazing guy on a bike that he's he's kind of tailor-made to, to suit himself i know he's really really happy with the bike he's not putting any pressure on himself he's just going out to have fun but his his definition of fun is other people's definition of amazing so it'll just be really interesting to watch how the race unfolds for ben and i'll just run through a couple of others um or a couple of other interesting names on the uh, entry list one that's sort of uh is often thereabouts. Jack Dooley McDonald on a Honda CRF 450R. Um, he's always up around the pointy end, isn't he, Rick? Jack is an interesting young lad, and I really like him. He's always highly under, underestimated, and he's highly competitive, and he and he knows what he has to do to get a good result. 
I know he's had a lot of bad luck with his Honda in pre-running. I think they're just starting to get things sorted. And I know it's a fast bike, but we just got to, we have to see how reliable it is. And uh, I honestly wish nothing but the best for Jack because I think he's a great role model for the sport, a great role model for Fink. I know he takes young fellas under his wing and looks after them. So, so a good lad from a good family. And yes, I would, I would love to see him on the podium as well. Some other names have popped out from the entry list to me. Uh, Darren Griffiths, uh, he's a past winner. Your fellow movie star, Ben Dick. Jay Simister, who uh, I interviewed in episode four of Warriors in the Dust. He was on the wait list, but he's made it onto the list, entry list, which is fantastic for him. So we'll be watching to see how he goes. And last time I looked, or just before we record, recorded this, there were 16 uh, riders still on the wait list, but quite a few of those were Victorians and there's still time for others to drop out. So you would think many of those on the wait list might actually get a start. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, I think anyone can enter now and they'd get a spot. I know of a, uh, a rider that uh, was getting parts brought up from Adelaide by his brother and his brother got here and decided to enter and that was just today. So so uh, people are making last-minute decisions to get into the race and they're actually getting into the race so it's a far cry from where we were what two or three weeks ago where there was 200 on the wait list and people weren't looking like getting a ride yep so uh an intriguing race ahead uh in the bikes and now looking at the cars the buggies the trophy trucks rick have you seen a few getting into town have you seen the big new truck of toby prices arrive in town at all Oh, I haven't seen – I've only seen Toby's on social media. I, I know Ben's been in touch with Toby because Toby, they're good friends from the Desert Racing KDM days. And I I actually know that Toby's putting everything into this event through his truck and he wants to win it like you wouldn't believe and uh, he's leaving no stone unturned. And, you know, he's a soft favourite for me because he's a bike rider and you always want to see your fellow bike rider do well, particularly in a, a field where um, bike riders don't ever actually get a chance at doing well. So it'll be really interesting. And there's some usual names there that uh, are a prospect for being king of the deserts in the uh, cars. Greg Gartner, Bo Robinson, uh, Paul Wheel, Dave Fellows, of course, has won it many times. And in episode seven, we spoke to Josh Howells, and he's uh, in a pro buggy, a Jimco buggy, and his sister, Ellie, is in the pro lights. So plenty to look for in the cars as well. And uh, it's pretty exciting seeing them fly down the track. Yeah, mate, it, it's always, it brings such a vibrant aspect to the race and creates so much excitement for spectators. But yeah, Dave Fellows, he's an old friend of mine. I'd love to see him do well. But the young fella in Howells, he's uh, making some big improvements over the last few years. So who knows, mate, it, uh, it could be, a, they could be crowning a new king of the desert as opposed to multi-time winner. And disappointing... Uh... Entrance like uh, Victorian entrance like uh, Shannon Ranch and your old mate Mark Burrows can't make it, Rick? Yeah, mate, it is. It is. They're great ambassadors for the sport. And it's just good to know that when you start a race, you 
you're up against the best in the business. And I guess this year the buggy field will be left wanting because not all of the highly rated competitors will be there. There is uh, one other name or a couple of other names that jumped out at me from the uh, entry list for the buggies. And uh, that they are Peter Costello with Ben Brooks alongside. Do you know them? <laughs> I do know them, mate. Of course, Ben's my brother. And uh, I actually went for a pre-run on Sunday and Ben was down there and he'd ridden a bike and he hadn't ridden a bike down the track for a long time. He finished, of course, he finished third and I think it was 06 after leading the race for most of day one or most of day one and nearly all of day two. So uh, so he's a great dirt bike rider. But uh, yes, he he's a co-pilot with uh, his brother-in-law, Peter Costello, and they've had a few good cracks at the Fink over the years I think they've finished top 10 but yes uh, with all things uh, who knows they could step it up and have a great year yeah we wish them well um just finally Rick uh, has the um lack of Victorians coming up for the race impacted on volunteer numbers or anything like that definitely they're saying um volunteers are down by at least 50 this year so the the committee's left wanting for volunteers it's unfortunate because a lot of them had great experience and so uh so yes yes it's it's leaving a void there that's not easily filled so uh, i know that my daughter and myself and uh, one of my daughter's friends that's living with us at the moment we all went out there today and volunteered and uh hopefully we can help that void be filled okay i'll let you go rick um thank you so much for your efforts uh, with this episode and uh, best of luck. We'll uh, have an episode after the race and we'll mull over exactly what uh, transpired and hopefully it all goes well and safely and everybody has a great time. Thank you, Murray. And I just want to wish all competitors the best of luck and hopefully they have a safe ride and get home with a smile on their face and, uh, and, uh, and enjoy what they have because there's not, not many events around at the moment that people can compete in. And uh, I also want to wish my nephews, Jack and Tim Weir, the best of luck. It's their first thing in the buggy number 155. And uh, hopefully they get the job done of finishing Fink and uh, it's the start of something really big for those two. Absolutely. Good on you, Rick. There you have it, folks, the last of our episodes before the big race. Thank you to our guests, Luke Hayes, go well, Luke, and especially Mark Burrows, who's desperately disappointed at not being able to make it, but still gave up his time for us. Thanks to Rick Hall. He is Mr. Fink at this time of year, and we're honoured to have his contribution each episode. We've done our best to cover the characters, the detail and the drama in the build-up to the race and I'm sure there's plenty more to be served up by the race itself over the next few days. Commiserations to those who couldn't make it and best wishes to those who did, especially for our guests during this series of Warriors in the Dust. Reigning King of the Desert in the Bikes, David Walsh, Jay Simister, who spent weeks on the wait list before being added to the field. The inspiring Jackie Peacock, raising money for Beyond Blue. Four-time King Ben Grabham, Ali and Josh Howells in the buggies, Dylan River and Shannon Lander in a trophy truck, and if you see volunteers Julian Lance Thompson in Fink, say day and thanks for all your effort. 
Don't get too close to the track. Watch your kids. Don't take dogs. Don't be careless with your fires. Do pause for a moment and take in the beautiful ancient landscape. Do respect others and do take your rubbish home. Have a safe and fun time, everyone. We'll be back next week with a wrap-up of the results. But until then, I'm Murray Silby. Stay safe, be happy, and go fast. You've been listening to Warriors in the Dust, the official Fink Desert Race podcast. Move along now.